to another episode of Chronic Relief sponsored by Kush Queen. Today we have the amazing comedian Felicia Michaels here as our guest. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. And basically Chronic Relief, uh, we were talking a little bit before, doesn't have, oh gosh, now I already need a tissue. Do I have bats in the cave? No, no okay. bats. Oh my God, you're the second person I know that refers to that. It's much sexier as if you bats call it in the ba- cave. Bats in the cave. Yeah. Like that's the only way I can tell my boyfriend he has junk. Thank you, Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> like oh my God, see this. It's, is already, he's so sweet, isn't he? Just he, fucking he throws just like, it at you like, like you have pod, coronavirus. Just like a exactly, just like a therapist office tissue, water, gum. Um. So yeah, <laughs> basically, uh, my podcast doesn't really have any structure. Uh, Doug Benson gave me shit for it last time, and I realized I'm like, you're right, but I kind of feel like that's fitting for a stoner podcast that uh-huh. you know not to really have a structure and it be more conversation based. And I kind of just uh like talking with comedians about a lot of mental health themes come up. And a lot of my fans or fans, I hate to say fans, a lot of people who follow me from my work in the cannabis community are, and especially in comedy, like mental health is a theme that crosses over. Uh And I just feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. And it's also comedians are the best people to have these kind of dark conversations because they're, they're the ones, we're the ones who found the humor in the dark, in life's dark moments. Right, right. So... And, um, you know, I, I just, I really think that these conversations, we need more conversations about mental health, like, and less conversations about weed <laughs> or like other drugs uh-huh. or like, you know, um, so basically I always like to start off like by asking guests, when was the first time you smoked weed? Oh, when was the first time I smoked weed? Can we go further back? Yeah. I how about the first time I remember illicit drugs in front of me? Can we do that? Yeah. Well, where are you from originally? Well, I'm an army brat, so that kind of plays into it. So my father was in the service, and he was stationed all over the world. And uh, he met my mother in Berlin, Germany, in the uh-huh. '60s. And uh, so uh, uh, my uh, parents got divorced when they were in Germany. I was probably like. 11. Is that where you were born, is Germany? No, I wasn't born. I was born in Fort Riley, Kansas. Okay. There's a theme. My brother was born in Fort Lewis, Washington. <laughs> and then my other brother was born in Germany uh, with my father's uh, newest wife uh, at the time. So um, uh, when my uh, parents got divorced, my mother and myself lived on the German economy in this building. I still have nightmares about this building. And this building had like, it was like one of those like anthill buildings, like where there's a hundred apartments in it. Like it's, a, you know what I mean? Like it was in Berlin, Germany, it was almost like a Soviet block, like modern kind of looking apartment, with, you know, but they were all like efficiency apartments. Right. And so the people that lived in that building were either very, very poor or they were young G and their wives that couldn't get housing or they were drug addicts right so uh all the best people all the best all the best people yeah. and uh so i remember there was a young uh gi that lived next door and he had this wife named patches and she must have been 19 at the time and my mom for some reason couldn't pick a heroin addict out of a haystack you know what i mean like my mom i feel like i can't either i, I know I'm like, are you a heroin addict or an actor in L.A.? Right, right. I know, I know. Actor, model. Right. <laughs> Musician. And uh, uh, so she let Patches babysit me. 
And then I went over to Patch's house and it was like a efficiency apartment right next to our own. And, uh, uh, Patches would shoot up in front of me and she would like show me how to tie up and she would shoot up and then uh, and then she would pass out. Right. And then uh, I would sneak through her whole house and look at everything. And I just remember that, like finding drugs and needles and just like, you know yeah. what I mean? All the patch. She was called patches because she loved to put patches on her jeans. All the things <laughs> you need to watch children. Yes, Basically. yes, yes, That's yes. Crazy. Well, she was like, you know, uh, her, her name was Patches. That's what everyone called her because I don't know what her real name was, but that was like her nickname. Patches is kind of like the name she had of, bell a, bottoms of a with, teddy bear right. and kids love yes. teddy bears. <laughs> yes, that's I true. I can see the justification. <laughs> My parents, like, they were... They were kind of on the, on the other side of things. They paid people like to watch my sister and I like uh-huh. a babysitter, but uh-huh. they also weren't the greatest of people. Right. And like one had a gambling addiction and would like when my parents would leave and this person would watch us, she would drive us to another person's house, leave us in the car and she would go inside and uh-huh. gamble. Yeah. And we would just be tiny baby me and my sister in a car at night in a bad part of town in Vegas while she's wow. inside like like real stuff like that right. or she would just like put us in our room without dinner for the whole night yeah yeah like fucked up you yeah. know your parents think like these people oh, are so great <laughs> right yeah and it, absolutely it's like, you never know you're leaving yeah. your kids with a stranger yeah so yeah I can and totally you know relate. what I fucking think about patches all the time man <laughs> I think about patches all the time like can you imagine being some young American How girl? How old were you at this time? I was probably like 11. Wow. She wasn't that much older. Yeah, you know what I mean? 11 like, is old enough to like remember, to have like a vivid memory that will stay with you right. for the rest. I mean, yeah. you remember these visual yeah. moments. Yeah, you know? for sure. And then forward to like, my mother married another GI, a much younger than her. And then we ended up at Fort Carson, Colorado. And uh, from around the age of 12 on uh, through high, most of high school, uh, and then um, there was this other chick that my mom knew and I was baby. They wanted me to babysit their like two month old baby. And they were like hippies, too. And so I remember babysitting. This is the first time I remember weed as babysitting the baby. And uh, but before they left, they gave me a joint. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I just remember being like I must have been like 13 or something or 14. And just like it sat on the kitchen table and I was just terrified of it. Like, oh, my God, what, you know, what I, mean? do like, I take it? Do I put this. it in my pocket? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, what do I? You know, it's not responsible to smoke that. My God. You know what I mean? That's crazy <laughs> that they were giving the, the weed to you. And I you know. were like the, the, parent, the parent in, in the situation. situation. Yeah. Yeah. Did you smoke it? I took it, but I didn't smoke it. Yeah. I don't know. I think I took it to brag to other kids. Like, ah, look what I got. Was that your form of payment? Or they also... They no, also they also paid it. me. That was just like, here's a little cherry on top. That's dope. <laughs> Literally. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So when was... Then when was the first time you smoked weed? Um, The first time I smoked weed... Oh. But then in that little town next to Fort Carson it was a town called Fountain, Colorado. And... uh, um, uh I had this friend named Linda Smith and Linda Smith's mom, because it was like a GI town, right? Mm -hmm. But it wasn't very big at all. Like there was like maybe a 7-Eleven and a loaf and jug and that was it. And uh, Linda Smith's mom owned the head shed, the local head shed. And it was called the head shed. 
Is that where you can get like paper? Oh and- yeah, like uh, you know, we, that's where I was introduced to like High Time magazines. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like everything Stevie Nicks. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was like ponchos and uh, it had they had a like a like a little joint roller and uh, and I and I remember she had an older sister, so I must have been like thirteen years old. But we but she would sometimes have to sit while her mom went grocery shopping because they lived in a building connected to the head shed and it was like right on this kind of like a small town highway that went through the town you know Mm -hmm. and uh so they live next door so sometimes we would play in the head shed while our mom would go grocery shopping that's amazing and yeah so then the she had an older sister and so she she managed to get some weed for us and then uh i remember getting high with her and her sister and uh and we made popcorn without the lid on it. They used to have these old popcorn makers. I don't know if you remember those, right, with the yellow lid on it. And we and that was the first time I saw Saturday Night Live. Oh, and so <laughs> that's you got my memory. High, you made popcorn and, and you then, watched Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah, without the lid on it. So we would jump for the pieces of popcorn that would pop in the living room. Amazing. Yeah. And you loved it? I loved it. And I remember the sketch that I loved with, was Gilda Radner. And uh, and it was about uh, mosquito bites as titties. I love that. <laughs> with, that's so and random, like, right? That's so fucking is, random. I want to be a comedian, and I want to. I'm gonna smoke weed. That's yeah. What like. yeah. Well, um, so how old would you say you were at that time? I was probably around like 13, 14. Yeah. And did you did you start consistently smoking after that? Um, not really. Maybe every once in a while, I would pretend to do a puff puff, but. <clears throat> My mother was a uh, handicap, and mm-hmm. so my mother was on a lot of drugs herself, and uh, she was addicted to Demerol, and she would shoot Demerol into her leg, and uh, so I ha- had that experience, so to me, I was, even though sometimes I would be a little bit of a poser about it, I uh, wasn't really a pot smoker till later right. on, because uh, I, I didn't like drugs in general, and I right. was kind of a goody two-shoes a little totally. bit till I wasn't. So, um, you were in Colorado at the time. Mm-hmm. When did you move to Kansas? Oh, no, no. I was born in Kansas because oh, my dad there. was an army brat. That's because, where you started. Yeah, that's where I was born. And then we traveled around the world. My dad did tours in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so we were in Fort Ord in California and in Berlin, Germany, a bunch of places in Germany. Fort Carson. And then when I was uh, uh, 18 years old, I was a stripper. This is amazing. In Colorado Springs, Colorado, Fountain, Colorado, it is right uh, south of Colorado Springs on the way to Pueblo. Yeah. And it's like east of Fort Carson. And uh, so I had married a young GI, right? And then, uh, you know, because I'm smart. Like, like mother, like daughter. <laughs> yes. You yeah. have a type. Well, a that, man in uniform. Yes. Well, because that's Who what. can resist. That was in an era where that's what you just did, you know? And still, people still do that. That's right. your lifestyle. Exactly. You marry. Especially you know? if that's what, if that's the, if that's the, if that is what you're exposed to, the area you grew up living yeah, around, those like, are the yeah, type of yeah. people you're going to be attracted right. to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and then uh, uh, he was abusive. So I, I uh, became a stripper. Best day of my life. Really? Yeah. How long did you strip for? I stripped for about, I'd say altogether about three years. You should never strip longer than what it would take to get a college diploma. I love that. <laughs> you know what is I that, mean? If you're going to have a rule for life, that, that should be one of them. a t-shirt or what? <laughs> wow. That is, that, that is in the book of dancing. Yes. The book of, the great book <laughs> it, of dancing. It's after Genesis in yeah. the Bible. Um, wow. I actually met, speaking of stripping, I was at a show at the dojo last night and there was this girl. She's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Her name is Caroline 
George's, I want to say. Um, she's new, or she, I think she started and then like took some time off and then has come back recently. And she's a stripper. And the way she told it, I mean, it was so funny. And like, I hope you run into her someday because she's, oh, yeah? she's, yeah, she's really cool. I, I think, I think, I hope she sticks with it because uh-huh. like, it, it's, yeah, she's magic the way she said it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so I think that's so cool. I love sex work because I, 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 I don't know if is that classified under sex work. It, not, it's not really yeah, sex it, work, but it's but more it art is. to me. It is. Yeah. But I grew up in Vegas, so uh-huh. like I grew up seeing images of dancers and strippers, like right. really since I was exposed to it ever since I was a kid. Right. So I've always, it's always been like, um, like the dancer it's always like a yeah. like a exotic thing right. to me you know well if you ever saw me stripping when i was a young lady it was not very exotic <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music would was you, a funny stripper what kind of music would you strip <laughs> were you a funny yes, yes like my favorite songs were like a uh, meat is murder <laughs> really did you have characters i um i had a, a friend named jewel shepherd she's like a b-movie star from uh like the 80s i don't know if you know about b-movie stars but she was actually a stripper when i was a stripper i stripped and when i first came to la out by the airport at this place called the jet strip Love and, it. and she was a stripper and she would do characters she would i can't do, believe they didn't do the landing strip they really oh, missed out right 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 wow. yeah well that i don't think that was known as the landing strip till maybe later that's Fair how fucking long ago wow was. oh it wasn't even god. invented this is before <laughs> landing strips oh my god this story so my friend jewel shepherd she was in like a return of the living dead and a bunch of movies like that and uh uh I, well i was gonna say something else but then i sh- thought i should shut my pie hole but anyway <laughs> but she did characters and she would do like a uh, little red riding hood to the song little red riding hood that song right yeah and she would come out in like a red cape and she would have like a little basket and she would give out chocolate kisses and she would make so much fucking money you know because people love free shit yeah Even if it's little well kisses. yeah yeah and she's sexy as all get out you know so and she's a beautiful lady so and then but i uh when i was uh a kid i had uh severed my foot you know mm-hmm. in an accident a weird accident so i don't have great balance so i was <laughs> the clumsy stripper so Love my it. thing was bullshit people at the bar <laughs> like, Love it. like when they were like okay it's your turn it's your set i'd be like ah fuck yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but i would always like uh i would try to do funny songs or I would do like short songs. That was a big thing. And, and I used to do in my room by, uh, the beach boys. Cause it was like literally like a minute and 16 mm-hmm. seconds. So I'd just try to pick short songs. That's amazing. Sorry. I, you were like a comedy stripper. Well, I, then that's how I met a comic. That's how I, uh, met a comic in Colorado Springs, Colorado at this club called the peppermint lounge. And uh, I feel like, is that super famous? Huh? It no. sounds super famous. Oh, it, uh, a peppermint lounge. There is one, I think, in New York or something. Okay, there, maybe I, that's yeah, where yeah, I yeah. Heard it. Yeah. But this was a, it was uh, infamous. <laughs> 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 it was owned by mobsters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so then I uh, worked there, and then the jet strip. I met a comic, then we broke up, and then I moved to LA. Like I'll show you. Okay, so you met a comic. Uh-huh. You guys broke up before you moved to LA yeah we lived together for about a is, year he was a lot older than me into comedy uh that's how I was or kinda... is that his way into you okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess mutually yes <laughs> agreeable but uh it was how th- that's what I how I was introduced to comedy like I had no reference point to then of stand-up um how did you get into stand-up we went on a date and he took me to a comedy club 
Which one? Um, it's Comedy Works in Denver. It was brand new, and uh, and he was have he had a set, and I was nineteen, and I I think I was pretty drunk, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Do you remember? Did he get laughs? He he was not a good comic. Okay. Yeah. But you were still like, I'll sleep with he him was, anyways. He was capable. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't right. know. Oh, like, is, th- right. Come I on. You think I would fuck him if I knew he wasn't funny? No, no, no. Funny? You're right. That goes to show you that you didn't have your comic brain <laughs> yeah, yet. Yeah, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Also, 19 is so young. <laughs> and yeah, it, either way, this guy is right. on stage. Oh, and yeah, like You don't know any sure. better. But yeah. like, that's so funny. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first day he took me out of date. Speaking of drugs, we were at this. He took me to some like fancy lunch place in Colorado Springs. And uh, this is when cocaine was like at the heyday and he put cocaine on the table and was chopping. And I was like in broad daylight. Oh, my God. And I like had flashbacks of when they left like that joint babysitting. Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> That's crazy. What a, it's yeah. such a different world. I rem- well, like I remember when they had ashtrays on airplanes. Like I was just thinking you know? about that yesterday because I was flying. Culture. And like even in some buildings in L.A., they still yeah. have ashtrays like right. by the elevator. Right. Yeah. You know. That's funny. I was just thinking about that. But uh, so then I moved to L.A. and uh, did comedy. Oh, cause, well, because I was at the comedy work, sorry. And uh, a girl was on and she wasn't very good. And I was kind of drunk. And I was like, oh, I could do that, <laughs> you know. And he's like, you can't you, You're so stupid. You just know how to shake your titties, right? Like the, one of those conversations. What an asshole. Yeah, yeah he kind of was. And then uh, I was like, I'll show you. And then I uh, did it and I loved it. Yeah. I bet you that guy is like feels like an asshole i don't uh i you bet did sh- show him no <laughs> yeah no he did well in his own way yeah. okay i'm good. not mad at him yeah. okay yeah yeah i'm not okay. mad at him yeah cause yeah because you, you did amazing yeah i did okay yeah. i did all right yeah you know? well, so you moved to la when you were 19 i was uh barely 19 and you started at the comedy store and i came to the comedy store but i couldn't get in because i wasn't 21 oh yeah yeah so uh were they, did you sneak in? I didn't sneak in because um, I didn't know, like, I didn't really know anybody, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, uh, so I waited till I was 21. That's when I stripped at the airport. And then as soon as I turned 21, I went to an open mic or I did the, on Monday nights and Mitzi passed me. Really? <laughs> out of the fucking wow. blue. Out of the blue. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It was crazy. What, how, what year was that? I mean, no. Damn. <laughs> but like for context, you know. No, what I mean? it was 1985. What a what a time to be alive. Yeah. No, it was it was crazy because that was right at the start of the comedy boom. So, so you've really seen ha- what the comedy store was then, and like right. But I didn't see like the very beginning, like the you know, like I think what what year did it start? 1970. I don't know. But I wasn't obviously there during that part. But right, but you were there. But you would still hear, hear stories of that time. Right, like, like they, up- like it's like be- before strike and after strike. Like there was a strike with comedians, right? Okay. And so that was a whole different group of comedians. And then when I came in 1985, a lot of those people had, you know, it was like Tom Dreesen. It was like a lot of the, you know, what we call the old guys now. You know what I mean? But it was a lot of, you know. Uh, but I do remember when I was here, when I first started here, Pryor was still coming around. You know, still healthy coming. around. Around, yeah wow yeah it was great to see richard Pryor work 
That was That's it. amazing. Yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, imagine seeing him on a Tuesday night eat the biggest dick on stage, but then by <laughs> Friday work it out to a point where it was like smooth as butter. I mean, that was a great comedy experience. That's why, you know, the genius of Mitzi Shore, not, I'm not kissing ass or anything, but that she has the door guys here that are young comics because it's a school. It's like you right. learn, you see. Yeah. You know, you see. How, and, and how to act and how to be with each other, you know. It teaches you so much. It's like if you... It's kind of the skills that you would hope that college would teach you because college doesn't teach you how to talk to people. I mean, in hopes that it does, but it can be very isolating with dorms and, you know, you're not being forced to interact like you would be in middle school Uh or if you were in a place where your job is to communicate and to be likable and funny and like charming and and also different styles because you can still be mean and it can still be funny but you still have to be likable to get away with that right so I mean that's what I love about I mean it's crazy because I went to school for communication Uh which is I should have just gone to well look what you're doing uh, well I mean, at least i'm using it but right. that's kind of the same thing i'm right le- i'm just learning how to communicate in a specific style uh-huh. or w- using humor right so yeah and it's it's crazy you know like comedy has taught me so much about talking to people and connecting with people and like even like how I talk to myself in my own mind mm-hmm. and it's like really helped with my own mental health in a way that you know, I didn't really get from other aspects of my life. Right, right. So, I mean, and that's so cool that you had begun your journey at such a young age because, like, for me, I didn't start comedy until I was 29, and everyone has an opinion about whether it's good or bad or whatnot. But for me, you know, I've just had such positive experience and validating you know, uh, and validation that this is where I need to be at this point in my life. Right. You know, right. And like everyone's journey is so different in comedy. If you get into it, it really, if you're meant to be here, serves its purpose for you and vice versa. Um, You know, if you if you just kind of like are in it and uh-huh. in for the journey, at least that's what I've. Right. Found, right. You know? Well, I think uh, uh, if you want to full circle it to uh, mental health. Right. Like, I think the great thing about uh Uh, being part of a group and it doesn't have to be specifically comedy but kind of any group but specifically a group where uh, you're constantly exchanging ideas and you're constantly you know what I mean you're it's an oratory situation where you do have to connect and I'm not and I'm not just talking about with an audience Mm -hmm. but also with each other it it is a uh a great opportunity to be around that as a young person to to understand that a lot of people have problems mm-hmm. and a lot you know what i mean like uh and it and when you hear about other people's problems like that's the beauty of comedy as you know as a art form is is that it make if you laugh at something it's like, yeah, I have that thought too. That's mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's, it's a release. It's a release. And it's like, I'm not fucked up. Right. And, I'm and not a validation. It's a validation. And it's right. relatable. Right. Yeah. But imagine being a 19 year old girl or a 21 year old girl and being here, uh, in the time of Kinnison in the time where it was a nest of vipers. And it was one of the coolest experiences to go from being a sex worker to being in an environment where 
you are surrounded by hustlers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Basically, it's still uh, a very male-dominated environment. Oh, then it was very few women. So it was, you know, you're surrounded by people who shoot their mouths off and are hustlers. Uh, the uh, you know runs a gamut of hustlers, and then also people that have graduated like from amazing institutions that are fucking super brilliant you know because it's also a the range the range of it and to be around that as a 21 year old girl uh how did you how did like was that like were you anxious and like was that intimidating like how did that make you feel i of course was it empowering because you had you also what i was the girl was saying last night the Mm -hmm. comedian caroline carolyn i hope i'm saying her name right she was saying and she said it so perfectly that like once well one once you are a stripper but she came from an abusive background uh-huh. which led her to her career in stripping right. and she's like once you've been in these situations it's like the boundaries are off you have no boundaries you're right. fearless you can fly you right. know that's right. what she was saying and it's like you know that that's so imp- it's empowering in a sense of like no one can fuck with you you've already been fucked with or like you've already um you know you're you it's untouchable so they're like well you're taking control of your own narrative right in a sense you right know? and i know that sounds fucked up but for me uh, i understand 100 percent what you're saying and she's absolutely correct but if we could put the twist on it for me uh i knew how to talk to men because i had learned that being a stripper right you know what i mean if it's like if you work the day shift at a strip club you can chat to any motherfucker. You know what I mean about anything. It's so true. And so I, so when I came here at the comedy store, I it didn't hurt my feelings a lot when when guys would be guys because it'd be like, yeah, well, fuck you. You know right. what I mean? Like that doesn't hurt my feelings. Right. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I. You've heard it all. Yeah, and it also because then women weren't very dirty as comedians, so it. It was a blessing in a way because at the age of 21, what would you say the average age of a comedy club person is? Probably 32, 34 mm-hmm. uh, of a patron. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I had no no life experience other than talking about sex. Right. You know what I mean? So it was a blessing in its own way because that was the one thing I could talk about in front of audiences that could make them laugh Mm -hmm. and that it didn't, it wasn't uncomfortable, you know what I mean? So, and no one else was really doing it at the time so much. So, uh, it was a blessing because it, I was able to talk to the fellas. You had a point of view. Had a point of view immediately out of the gate, you know, and I was around some of the edgiest comedians that ever lived at that time. And they were probably twice your age at that point. Yeah, if they not were old more. Folks. Well, now I think, oh, they must have been twice my age. And now it's like, no, they're just 12 years old. <laughs> but they just partied <laughs> a lot, mind. so they didn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love I love that. I love talking to women and being around women who can be around men. Right. Because, like, my mom is like that. Because she yeah. became a lawyer, um, a criminal defense lawyer. So she's not only a lawyer at a time when a, there weren't a lot of women lawyers right. and also the type of lawyer she was defending criminals or people accused of crime. So around like men, 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 like, yeah, criminals, yeah. the yeah. dirtiest, yeah. Of grimiest, of, yeah. you know, uh, basically comedians that yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> comedians. So, that got caught, yeah. yeah uh, so, and, and, and I was raised by that type of woman. So like, I kind of, I, I've just kind of, when it comes to being in male dominated situations, I didn't, I've never had that fear. 
Right. You know, yeah. and I, I did always know how to talk to guys because I played sports. She always made sure, you know, I was yeah. in sports and um, I just felt like I, I wasn't a girly girl either. So like I, I somehow managed to kind of blend in right. with the guys for whatever reason, probably because of sports or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's I, I love that. I think that's so cool that you're able to you were able to hold your own and you were so young, like it, on top of that. That's I mean, that still has to be so intimidating. Well, I mean, yeah, it was and some of course it was. Uh, but. But it you was, also had some board of a community like did they take you in as kind of a little sister where you like, you know, I hadn't uh, I hadn't met some comedians. And so like I like I remember uh, one guy I, I was actually working down at the airport. and A bunch of comedians came in and I recognized one guy from open mics. And then I had to fucking go up and down. So like, you know, like, you're like, can I just run my five minutes yeah, with you? Does anybody else want to do it? And they're like, nope. <laughs> Fancy pants tells her jokes. You got to show it all. <laughs> so you just go up and you do it. And then, like, a year later, I was at the improv and he was there. And then, like, we saw each other and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's so And funny. he was like, oh. <laughs> That's amazing. And he never told anybody. That's you. You know that's what I mean? Respect. Yeah. So I love that. That's dude, dudes. Yeah, that's bro code. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You have the respect so, of bro code. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you ever smoke weed before you perform? Well, I mean, we're at the comedy store, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah so, you know, when I it, when I was younger and I did, I I didn't like it. I would I would get like a terrible cotton mouth. And then my, it was so bad that like my lips would stick to my teeth and then yeah. I'd be like Skeletor, like, ah, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I hate that feeling. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst Where feeling. Where it's like what your, your bot, your top lip is like stuck to your teeth and uh-huh. like you're, you can't yeah. even, yeah. yeah. And then the jokes come out weird. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's funny cause I did a Billy Anderson's gateway show. I love that. Show. That's a, such a great show. If you Where guys did ever you do that, I did it like about three months ago in LA. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, uh, so we all go and we get high. And so you do, you do a set and then you as a group and then you go get high and then you come back and you each do a little set again. And, yeah. uh, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of an old pro right. <laughs> and, and here at the comedy yeah. store all the time. So I was just like, it just makes me more focused. Yep. Yeah. When I get high and uh, for people that don't get high, it, they can't deal. But for me, I'm just like hyper focused. Okay. Then. So the first time I did that show, I think it was here and it was like how you are. Like, you know, I didn't smoke all day and then I, I went on stage and it was fine. And then I got high and it was like the same thing, whatever. Uh-huh. But I went to Denver with him probably like a month ago uh-huh. and we did a show at the International Church of Cannabis, okay. which is <laughs> amazing. Right. Like, I'm finally a believer now. Right, you know? right. And it was so cool. But uh, that show was great. But the night before, we did a show at the Looney Bin. Or, right, uh, in, in Colorado Springs. Colorado uh-huh. Springs. The Looney Bin? Yes. So went up, had a great set sober. We went out to the parking lot and there was a guy who had dabs. And in my mind, I'm like, I want to get so high. Like, I want to see how high I can right, actually get. Where right. I Because I'm too comfortable at these But shows. you're also in high, higher elevation. And that's what I forgot. Yeah. Because I... Well, I I do get affected by the altitude. Uh-huh. Like I'll get altitude sickness, I'll, yeah. you know, whatever. And then also Colorado Springs is even higher or 
lower whatever it is than denver so it denver won't hurt you as oh as it's much. Uh, higher than uh denver because denver isn't kind of right live, a little sunken in or something like that so even colorado springs is the place that if you, it's gonna hit you the most right. they said or whatever i think i took three dabs or four i just kept doing the dabs which uh-huh. i'm not a big dabber i will take a dab but like it's the whole thing. I'm just a flower girl. I'm like, don't complicate it. This is, right. you know, it, this is too close to meth for me. I know. Um, like when I, when I, if people do dabs in front of me, I'm just like patches, yeah, patches, like, I just like, patches yeah, you're like, it's triggering. Germany, where are the needles? <laughs> it's so <laughs> triggering. I start to judge myself. I'm like, yeah. I, you know, and, but I was like, whatever. And then I started to immediately cry. Like my eyes started watering. I'm like, this is, you know, when your body is oh, crying, no. when like, your knees sh- start shaking, just like my heart oh, was racing. No so fast I had to like emotionally talk myself down not from a panic attack. I'm like I know I'm in a safe place but I'm like I get it I still get jitters before I go on stage uh-huh. like right, right. Be- it's kind of similar to when I would play basketball I get this well, it's, excitement don't you think it's connected to you just have to be able to talk yeah <laughs> makes sense and like and like but my mind is is moving faster than my lips can move and so I'm like also I'm like I just did my my jokes and my material what am I going to talk to you know I'm just going to go up there and I couldn't even stand and I hate, I will never sit down. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm, I, I'm not comfortable. I, I don't like if comedians are comfortable sitting down, that's fine. Unless you're like, if you're super famous, do whatever the fuck you want. But like, yeah, I can't stand when like comedians sit down on a set. It just drives me insane. And because to me as an audience member, personally, I'm like, you're lazy. Like you're a stand up. Right. Like, right. Well, you have to have some serious storytelling skills. Right. To have the balls that's to sit what it down. Is. It's yeah. Storytelling. Yeah, that, Cause there's situation. people that do it where you're like, fuck, it doesn't right. miss a beat. Right. right. Totally. Yeah. And, and like if, and that I accept, but like not at a stand-up show right. where you're telling jokes sitting down. I don't like it. Story's uh-huh. great, but I had I couldn't physically stand. I was gonna pass out, and the stool was like up against the wall, so I'm like leaning, and then I have my like legs lady spreading the whole time. Uh-huh. I crot- like I'm just like oh, no. I, I'm sunken. I'm in the sunken place, like right. I'm so high, and like the lights are on me. There's a hundred oh, no. people in the audience. My eyes are watering. My heart is beating. And I, I'm just like, my eyes are so wide uh-huh. and I'm so high and I'm all I could do. I don't even remember what I said, but I was getting laughs and I get off stage and I remember thinking I need to go lay down <laughs> and like, but people no. are like, Oh my God, that was so funny. And I'm like, I'm so high. They're like, Oh, you weren't kidding. Like they thought it was an act. Oh, and I was really? like, Oh, I pulled it off. <laughs> I pulled it off. But then like they realized I wasn't right. And I, was like, Ooh, I didn't know if they knew how to feel after that. Right. Like, this is the downside of dabs, you know, but somehow pulled it off. And I did learn a lesson. And that was I can get too high. You to can perform, get too high. Yeah. And no one should perform yeah. um, after dabs unless they're a pro. But yeah, yeah that's um, that w- I would have to say like that. My biggest fear of being high is just like, am I going to be able if you have to do a set, like string some words well, together? That's, Jesus, that's what I mean, it's like I, I don't even I can't even I don't even. I can't even form sentences right now. So like, where are these punchlines going to come in? But yeah, that's, um, it was still fun. I love that show so much. Did they have shows like that back in the day? Back in the day. I hate to say back <laughs> in the day, but I'm like in the past. Um, I mean, uh, that were they got- was weed like a big part of culture of comedy. It was, um, in, yeah, like yeah. in that in like 1985 yeah, in yeah, the 90s as it yeah, is now yeah but it, i feel like uh, it's, it's just like so everywhere that right I- well we also live in california um 
uh, where it's legal. So I, yeah, it was. Um, but there was also like a big period of time where cocaine was a big thing. True. And that was a big thing. And then, um, yeah, but there, yeah, not, but it wasn't, it was like an accompaniment, like, uh, to what other else what other vice you had like there wasn't weed i mean like, it was like I guess the appetizer to what you were really gonna there fucking like do yeah yeah chong, yeah yeah but like there wasn't like but these... that was more like 70s and early 80s right you know what i mean but there yeah. wasn't what there is now which are these like per- like people try to categorize me as a weed comedian and haha that's fine but like i don't i get up on stage and i have maybe like one or two weed jokes but the rest are about me and my life right. and like other stuff that's right. real you yeah. know yeah. it's just a part of me it's not like my whole persona right so yeah i don't know i just i appreciate weed humor but like i really want I just want like it to be not so observational because I feel like that's all been done before by uh-huh. like people who've already commented on weed and communities right. have done that. Like, tell me more about a personal story or right, you know right. something that actually happened to you. Uh-huh. And also the I got so high stories are so redundant. It's like you know, right? But it, but then every once in a while someone will tell a I got so high story. We're like, it's oh iconic. fuck, dude. Yeah, that no, is you're deep. right. It, but really true that is true have you do you like mushrooms you know what i'm not i'm kind of a chicken shit i just i like i stay in my lane weed yeah and so i've done i've tried them yeah you know i've done acid i did that as you know kid you're wild yeah but that but it's like uh, yeah you know who didn't do a freeze on back in the day Mm-hmm. What? Oh, well, I know. Okay, okay. Oh, a gum, a nummy. An, okay, the, well, the a nummy. It's they've rebranded. You millennials. They've rebranded. Yeah. What did they used to call eating ass back in the day? Oh, tossing your salad. And you know oh, what the yeah. problem with tossing your salad is? Croutons. I was going to say, uh, not That's one of my oldest work. fucking jokes right that. there. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's so funny. I love that. Bring was out like that an joke. eating ass joke yeah. from back in the day. It was yeah. from deep. That was I know literally people, deep. like honestly eating ass has been around for forever and right. my generation needs to stop acting like yeah. we invented it. Yeah. And it, it's like, you know, does that really ring everyone's bell to get your ass eaten? Honestly, it doesn't for me. I know. Like I had I know. it oh and I, you know, I'm like, you just have to pick one and not cross the streams. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just what my personal yeah. take on that. Right. But I'm okay. glad we got. I'm, I feel like I'm glad we got that out of the I'm way. Glad, I feel like we know a lot more about each other after this episode of, of uh, Chron- I'm like, what podcast am I even on anymore? <laughs> but yeah, no, I have. I only feel like I feel like I only got to know a little bit about you. But what I did get to know, I find f- very fascinating. Oh, and I wow. think you're hilarious. And I had oh, a great you. time on the Liars Club. Oh yeah, podcast yes, yes. With Jess Wellington. Jess Wellington, check out the Liars Club podcast we go live on mondays and fridays at the comedy stores youtube sorry i have to be that person no and that's the truth yeah. um but yeah and where also can people follow you find you well um i do a lot of other things besides stand up like yeah, i what else are you into well i uh recently finished a documentary film that's on available on amazon called what? pervs and it i uh filmed it at a uh a dance place like a personal dancer kind of place down at uh, north hollywood 
and uh, and I and the girl that I did it with was this a comedian girl that was also a sex worker named Susanna Lee, and uh, she uh, interviewed comics while she gave them a peep show. So it's like an old vintage oh, peep so show cool. place. But so it was a documentary about deviance and comedy, uh, hosted by Susanna Lee, and people like Joey Diaz are on it, uh, Felipe Esparza, Lori Kilmartin, and uh, so that's available on Amazon. It's called Pervs, and I also have a. A uh, comedy special. Uh, it's a personal uh, special about uh, growing up on uh, uh, in poverty and uh, becoming a comedian. Honestly, through I stand uh, I, through uh, stripping. I feel like we didn't even get to touch on that, so I'm I'm gonna have to have you come back on and oh, have would a love part to. two sometime. Would love to, but that's on Amazon as well, and it's a comedy special, but also a very confessional kind of special. Oh, I want to watch called, that. Uh, My whole story. I love so. that. And did you uh, do, do Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, all Felicia Michaels across the board. Oh, and, yeah. and please listen to the Liars Club. Uh, my uh, podcast partner, you know, very funny lady named Jessica Wellington. What, and, it, uh, what day is that again? Mondays and Fridays. Mondays at uh, we go live at 4.30 and Fridays at 8.30. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Thank for you for having me on. on. Thank you. And this has been another episode of Chronic Relief. You guys, thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at Wolfie Comedy, at Wolfie Memes at chronic relief pod and uh yeah we will see you next time thank you so much